We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. KC Laboratory. Sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's the KC Laboratory sponsored by Emprise Bank. When was the last time that you were inside an actual bank structure? Now, more than ever, with everything that's going on, who you're doing business with is way more important than where they're located. Emprise Bank is a trusted business partner that can serve you anytime, anywhere. They were one of my very first banks when I was coming up, and they've taken good care of me back then, take good care of me right now. Emprise Bank, member FDIC, our partner in possible at KC Sports Network. And for the KCSN draft guide that came out this week, and one of the primary people that worked on the KCSN draft guide is with me here, uh, our good pal, Maddie Lane. You can find him on Twitter at Maddie underscore KCSN. Maddie, the draft guide is out. How do you feel, buddy? Well, you know, it's always a bittersweet day when the draft guide comes out because it comes out. It's great. It's a relief. You know, it's awesome seeing everybody talk, you know, all of you out there that support us talking about it, sharing your favorite parts, bits and pieces. And those of you that like to point out the players that somehow accidentally missed the draft guide that should be in there. Shout out to Cameron Thomas, defensive end out of San Diego State. Anyone listening that has not seen he was accidentally left out of the draft guide. He's in the top 300. He, his write-up just got skipped. He's defensive end 17-ish in there. So we will update, and you might have to re-download it, but he will be moved in there, and some other things will be fixed. But yeah, it's always funny when this day comes out, dealing with some of the shenanigans that accidentally get looked over. But Craig, you didn't have to deal with it this year, but like normally, it, it, it's a fun day when everybody tries to, you know, not on purpose, but like everyone's trying to be helpful and point out all the little things that just kind of got overlooked. Yeah, uh, you know, typically when you've got that much information, you you try and do a good job of scanning through and making sure that you capture everything. Sometimes a few things slip through the cracks. Now, yeah, clear, like I Madden. appreciate it. I appreciate. I'm yes. not upset oh, yes. anyway. You guys pointed out. I'm glad you guys do so we can fix it. It's just it's always like you know the heart drops a little bit when someone's like, "Hey, I noticed this." I'm like, "Uh oh, here we go." Uh oh, uh oh, <laughs> I gotta figure that out. Yeah, as Maddie referenced, um, th- this year because of real life things i i was unable to be as much of a participant in the kcsn not the moon kcsn draft guide i was able to contribute a feature um i was able to do the most important positions in the draft guide kicker and punter that was the still on my report's in there 
that <laughs> yeah sure they are so i was able to still contribute a little bit but maddie you did three positions in the draft guide uh i believe cornerback linebacker and interior defensive line but in previous years i've done cornerback and linebacker um you witnessed me just at my at, at the very end of my wits uh, you know for the past several years why did you do this to yourself buddy yeah this was a this was a decision by me huh i decided to pick like the two positions besides wide receiver that have the most guys that you have Correct. to watch like i've always done interior defensive linemen it's mm -hmm. easy you can kind of breeze through them i know i find interior defensive linemen relatively easy to see good or bad quarters and linebackers though it, it's a, it's a trip. There's a lot of guys you watch. There's a there's a lot of a lot of rough players you go through in there. So it gets it was an adventure. I don't know how how you did not like warn me to not take corners and linebackers. I don't. Listen, I, <laughs> you listen. You you asked for it, uh, Maddie. Maddie's joking here. Maddie and I in previous years we watch a lot of these guys together. Like yeah, uh, he's got an affinity for cornerbacks and linebackers. I'm he jumped at the opportunity. I let's did. Be honest, he did. Now but, the thing is, they might they might want to kick me off linebackers soon. I realize I'm very harsh on linebackers <laughs> when I'm the primary as a secondary grader, and I'm just watching their best game. When Craig tells me like, hey, go watch this game. It was fine, but like as a primary grader, when I watch their good and their bad, boy, I feel like I feel like I put these guys down a peg or two. Like I mean, I was what I, mean? I, I was labeled the harsh grader here, and little did you know, it's just when you get through the slog of some of the ends of that, you just your will is broken, and then when you get to other positions, you're just like, nah, that guy sucks too. Like, <laughs> listen. I Devin Lloyd, people want to talk about being good enough to go in the top 10. I have him hanging out in the back half of round two. Like I, I'm yeah, apparently a very harsh linebacker grader. Um, corner, I feel like I'm more, more down the middle. But like, yeah, it was fun doing these positions. It was fun to get a little bit of a mix up from what I've done in the, the years past. It kept it a little bit fresher. And, you know, it's a lot of guys to go through those positions, but it was fun. I didn't want to shout out one guy, though. He didn't quite make the draft guy. And I was disappointed that he didn't get a write-up. He's in there. He just didn't get a write-up. And that's Derek Tangelo, an interior defensive lineman out of Penn State. We actually saw him at the East-West Shrine game in Las Vegas. And I was excited to go back and watch him. You know, he's a defensive tackle, but he brings so much energy. He's always talking. He's always moving and dancing. Like, high-energy player, really good hands. Like, he has good lateral agility, good hands. So he brings a little bit, like, if you're looking at him in the NFL, you're looking at a guy to come off the bench, bring a little bit of pass rush, bring some energy, get out there, get upfield a little bit. Does that sound like anybody else you might know, Craig? Man, it sounds like a guy that the uh, Chiefs signed this week in nose tackle, interior defensive lineman, Taylor Stallworth. Uh, Taylor Stallworth played his first two years in New Orleans with the Saints, and he played in Indianapolis the past two years. Coming off, I think it's fairly safe to say coming off the best season of his career. Yes, he's a nose tackle, but he came up with three sacks, much like Derek Naughty. But it's the 12 QB hits that kind of jump out to me a little bit. That That's consistently getting to the quarterback as a rotational guy. I mean, he he is, you know, 6'2", 305, but a bundle of energy. Matty, I remember that you liked him quite a bit coming out of South Carolina, if I remember correct. Yes, Craig, you're right. I did. He was one of my favorite day three kind of sleepers on the interior defensive line. And I going into the draft, you know, everybody's always, 
I have quite the receipt and I tweeted it out because, you know, I'm self-conscious about this kind of stuff. So like I have a tweet where somebody asked Justice Mosqueda asked for your favorite, you know, later round defensive lineman to watch. Taylor Stallworth was one of mine along with Puna Ford. And then, um, yeah, a guy whose name I'm not going to pr- attempt to pronounce plays nose tackle for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Got a lot of money. It was just, it was quite, yeah, that. It, it was a good tweet to pull back and say, hey, all three of these guys are still in the NFL. Two of them are doing really well. Stallworth now plays for the Chiefs coming off his best year. So yeah, he's just a guy I did like for essentially all the reasons we just kind of talked about. Energy, has a lot of power. You know, he's not the best athlete, but when you put him out there on the field, you see there's some lateral agility, some body control that doesn't necessarily always happen with guys that are 300 plus pounds. And so his ability to throw, you know, a powerful club or a powerful swim move, and then still laterally skip or step out wide and then get some pressure, it exists. And you see it all going back to South Carolina. I think that was where he's at his best, getting those one-on-one pass rush reps on the interior, and he can use the power in his upper body and then the looseness of his lower body to kind of get some pressure. So I'm excited that she's bring him in. How do you see him being used? Like, what do you think? He's not a no, true nose tackle. He's not going right. to two-gap anybody. He's not that long. He's not that powerful. Um, so, like, where where do you see him being used for the Chiefs? I think he's going to be, you know, I think everybody jumped to, oh, there's your Jaron Reed replacement. And the Chiefs last year brought in Jaron Reed to play three tech. But let's be clear here because they were moving Chris Jones to defensive end. So then they come in and say, oh, we got to move Chris Jones back inside. And Jaron Reed ended up playing a lot of nose. I think on passing downs or, you know, maybe some of the lighter nickel downs, you know, second and longs, you know, where there could still be some run there. I think he makes sense to play the nose a little bit, but I do think he's going to be a little bit more of a rotational three kind of guy. And I I think that fits. I think there's a position for that because as we've seen, you know, uh, Colin Saunders has been the guy that's sort of backed up. Derek Nottie is a backup nose tackle. Turk Wharton is a lighter guy that you're going to want to play, you know, more on sub rush stuff, part of the NASCAR package. You know, when you're really pinning your ears back and having your guys penetrate. I think that Taylor Stallworth kind of falls between those two guys a little bit. He's going to he's going to offer enough of a run floor. He's going to offer enough of a pass rush there. He's going to be a good rotational guy that's probably going to play, you know, what maybe maybe 15, 20% of the snaps on the season, it, you know, if we're being optimistic here, but a guy that I think when he's playing in those 15 to 20% you're going to be impressed. Like I, I think he's going to do well, and I think he's going to make a bigger impact, maybe than some guys that play more. But you know, maybe you know, just uh, isn't going to get a whole lot of run because of maybe his body type, maybe you know his his athleticism. Yeah, I don't, you know who I, don't know. I think what, he is. What, who? Xavier Williams. He's the exa- he's oh, Xavier great. Williams yeah. kind of role, and I think that's where Jaron Reed's role came from. I think the Chiefs won. They were trying this. Chris Jones wanted to play at defensive end. They were trying it, so they needed another three tech. But I also think the thought was, hmm, were we better when we had Xavier Williams in there, who's a little bit better of a penetrator than Derek Nadi or Mike Pinnell? What if we just get really aggressive up front? We have this, you know, pairing of Nadi that can really two gap well. And then uh, Jaron Reed, who could penetrate and be a pass rusher. And like, what if we kind of split their playing time or even give Reed more? The Chiefs tried it. It didn't really work that well. Like, it was not that successful. It was, you know, Jaron Reed and Chris Jones together were good, but I don't know if that was ever their best interior defensive line duo. So I wonder if you're getting that return back to that 2018, 2019, or more 2019 kind of team where you're getting that 
pass rushing nose tackle, that penetrating note backup nose tackle is going to play a lot less reps than Jaron Reed did because it just seemed like there was a little bit too much overlapping skill set for the way the rest of that defense played. So yeah, I, I kind of look at him as an Xavier Williams kind of guy. I think he's got a little bit better energy. I think like mm-hmm. not that Williams was bad. It's just, I think he's got a little, there's just something about him, something about him on the field. There's just, there's a spark. There's a lot of juice and not even speed. Just like there's something happening at all times with them. So that's kind of how I see him, but I also do understand the concept of replacing Jaron Reed just at a lower snap count or importance to the roster. Right. Uh, Taylor Stallworth, 6'2", 305. Xavier Williams, 6'2", 309. I mean, yeah, it's very similar-ish body types. I, I actually really like that comparison a lot. And Xavier Williams was an important piece. Listen, for, interior for defensive line, Casey I know, draft guide it, right man. here. <laughs> you got it, man. No, I, I think that that makes... A lot of sense. You're still going to see plenty of Derek Nani on early downs. You're going to see him more of, you know, just, just a rotational guy. Steve Spagnuolo likes to swap those guys out in mass. This just gives you another body. And I think that that's going to be important because we're not, as the roster is constructed right this very moment, we are not seeing a whole bunch of defensive ends that can kick inside and rush effectively. And typically we have multiples of those guys for Steve Spagnolo. Now Joshua Kendo may come in and surprise us. We'll we'll see what, you know, year 2 has to bring for him, but typically we see some of those types of guys that then can kick inside, rush from the interior. It seems like they're building that up with maybe a few more true interior defensive linemen. And I think the NFL's kind of going that way a little bit too. If you don't have a super athletic dude, try and get specific types even though they can be exploited on the field teams don't run tempo enough to where that's going to really kill you at least not at this stage in the nfl here, here comes so a tempo year yeah i was gonna say here comes a tempo year from brady and the pel and the bucks and ruining everything so yeah that's a good signing for the chiefs um what do you think this means for just the overall rotation maddie do you think it, obviously Stellworth, one-year deal, whole bunch of guys that are, you know, out of contract. And then Chris Jones, you know, on the, in the interior right now, how do you feel about the defensive line room as it stands? I don't think it impacts like the defensive line room really overall in terms of what they're doing in a draft, the rest of free agency, as you get into the year. Um, I, I actually think, I think Derek Nottie snap counts are probably going back up a little bit this year, just from what I talked about I earlier and that no Jaron Reed, He's gone. Like I think that naughty, that's not even tap counts are going to increase a little bit. Um, I'm interested to see what happens with Turk Wharton and now Taylor Stallworth. Now that they're the same player, they're very different body types, mm-hmm. but Turk Wharton's kind of been your, your energy juice coming off the bench as an interior rusher. That's really getting guys when they're kind of tired. And now you have two guys that can do that. So just what's that look like? I don't know. Good, bad, but like, I think Nadi's snap count might go back up towards that north of 50% like it was back in 2019, especially if he's healthy this year in another contract year. So I still think he's getting more snaps. I don't think Stallworth's a, a long-term guy. Like, you know, you might mm-hmm. bring him back long-term and just be a consistent backup defensive lineman, but I don't think this stops you from looking at an interior defensive lineman in the draft. I mean, Chris Jones, who knows what's going to happen after this season with him. I mean, like that contract gets a little wild going forward. So, I don't know if there's a large impact on the roster building, but I think it could have a pretty good impact on the team from the fact that he's a quality player and the more Derek Nadi gets on the field, I think the Chiefs defense is better. I think so too. I, yeah, I agree. I, I think it's not going to preclude you, you know, if if somebody awesome fell to you, 
you're taking him still because you need guys beyond this year, but you don't have to have another body in the room. You don't have to spend a premium asset that position. One position that the Chiefs may have a hole at right now, though, and a little bit of a rumor that we Uh heard kind of that we see a little bit coming into this podcast. Frank Clark is out here on the recruiting Tyron Matthew. Um, The Graham is Instagram, Craig. I know it's a youthful term. I know. Thank you. I thought you meant my grandmother. That's that's exactly what I know. Frank Clark on Instagram posting, you know, come back for one, you know, let's do this one more year. And, you know, kind of alluding to the fact, it's like, listen, he knows too. <laughs> the, the one more year, let, let's come back and do this. I believe this is the first time that we've seen any sort of real effort from anybody within the Chiefs players organization to reach back out after free agency. Um, now, could mean nothing. I I would think it would be a little bit out of place for Frank. Frank is not typically a guy that that speaks a lot on let's try and get this guy in. Let's try and do this. And typically when that happens, like last year or the year before with Taco Charlton, all of a sudden it was a done deal. Like it, he seems to be at least tied in or at least confident in the ability to, you know, talk about those sorts of things before they happen. Mentioning Tyron Matthew, who is still on the market right now. What do you, what's your takeaway from that, Maddie? Frank's pretty quiet on the social media front. Like he's not a guy that hits you with a lot of stuff unless he's trying to sell you his clothing brand. Like he doesn't, mm. he's not a lot of stuff's not out there about him. And so when he does post stuff, I do think it is worth not saying like, oh, that's 100% happening, but it's worth yeah. noting when a guy doesn't say much and then all of a sudden he does, it's worth mentioning. And I mean, like we all know this, Frank Clark could pick up his cell phone and call Tyron Matthew. So like if, if he could do that, but instead he put it on Instagram and part of a story being public about it. There's something there. Now, I got something I got to get off my chest. Everybody's talking trash on Tyron Matthew for not signing yet, saying, oh, nobody wants him, nobody likes him, et cetera, et cetera. Why can't Tyron Matthew skip all this nonsense? Why can Melvin? Why is Melvin Ingram allowed to skip camp and go get paid and play for a contender? Why is any other veteran in the NFL allowed to not show up whenever everybody wants them to, but nobody thinks twice about it? Tyron Matthew hasn't earned the right to skip some of this nonsense, like he can't sign in June and be just fine, especially if it's for the Chiefs, the team that he knows everything about this defense because he's been calling it on the field for the past three years. Like why is nobody considering the fact that he isn't signed because he doesn't have to, because he's a veteran that's gone through a lot of football that doesn't have to play. I just got to get that off my chest. Um, I hope. I mean, uh, let, let me, let me, let me say this. It's funny as we stand right now, like if the Chiefs turned around tomorrow and signed Tyron Matthew, I think there would be a lot of people that are upset with Get that. I, it, yeah, I, it, some Chiefs fans that are upset with that. Meanwhile, if they turned around and signed Stephon Gilmore tomorrow, a lot of Chiefs fans would be rejoicing at that. So I mean, people like trade for James Bradbury. Like, come on, what are we doing? Yeah, I know. I, yeah, there, there's something to be said there. Uh, I do think part of this is because in the lead up to free agency. Tyron was very vocal on social media, the the opposite of Frank Clark about, you know, his situation and how, you know, frustrated he was with what was going on in Kansas City. I think, you know, vague and directed tweets that kind of reference the fact that maybe Kansas City wasn't offering as much as he thought he deserved. 
Um, and so now he's out there in the ether and maybe he's still asking for that. Maybe we'll see what happens here, but less money looks a lot better when you're skipping camp. Let me tell you that much real yeah, quick. That's true. That's true. Not having to grind through all that stuff. And he's keeping himself busy. He's delivering speeches at, at LSU. He's, you know, no, he didn't have a visit for the saints. Yeah. Like he had a bit. So it's like, that's, I get why nobody's connecting the dots that he doesn't have to sign right away. Like I get it because he has visited with the Saints now. People are connecting him to all these places. But like, mm-hmm. what is the rush for him though? Like at this point in time, especially no, he's not got anybody in a bidding war. Why not wait until a little bit later? Why not see what happens after the draft? Maybe somebody doesn't get a safety they like. What if he can just skip camp and still make the same amount of money that he was going to make before? It's like just that's something I think people do have to consider. He's a veteran. He's these guys do it all the time. Maybe he's doing that. And if he's coming back to a team that he already knows the system. Let's go for it. Tyron Matthew isn't the only rumor we got, Craig. No, it's not. We got a <laughs> we we got a doozy of one right now. Um, little rumor from Bob Fesco of Six Ten Sports, you know, saying that he had a buddy of him call and said a rumor of the Chiefs trading up well within the top ten to take a wide receiver and not just a wide receiver, Garrett Wilson of Ohio State. Um, first of all, this is lying season. Let's be clear. <laughs> let's let's preface this with this is lying season. Things that you are hearing, rumors about teams taking this, or heard from a little birdie that the Chiefs are interested in this guy in the draft. BS. That <laughs> that's just not no, no. You you didn't. This organization has gotten very good at staying buttoned up especially over the last couple of years. So I, you're not hearing who the Chiefs are interested here, but let, let's take a step back from that. Not just Garrett Wilson here, Maddie, but let's take a step back from that. The Chiefs trading up that high for a wide receiver. What I generally know your take on this, but let, let's get it right here with this same conversation. How do you feel about that? Julio Jones was traded for a first round pick, a second round pick, a fourth round pick, a first round pick the following year and a fourth round pick the following year. So I have not done the math. That sounds about the value roughly as what we are going to be looking at for this trade. Two firsts, presumably this year and a second all this year. That seems like it's probably pretty comparable for Julio Jones. Mm -hmm. Like go back. Hey, hang on. Is, Is Garrett Wilson Julio Jones? God, no. <laughs> Take yourself back to when Julio Jones was coming out. He was, everybody knew he was the guy. Everyone knew that he was the best wide receiver in the class. Everyone knew he was the best player in the draft. It was just how early could you take a wide receiver? Uh, Garrett Wilson might not, what he's definitely not the best wide receiver on his own team. That's Jackson Smith Enigma. And mm. He's the oh, best. My goodness. Is he even the second best? Is he actually better than Chris Olave? Not according to the case he has in draft guide. Um, mm. So, like, I, I, what, what are we doing here? And let me preface this in saying, like Craig said, it's lying season. None of this information is guaranteed to be true. Mm-hmm. However, I personally would be absolutely shocked if the Chiefs loved Garrett Wilson. Um, I don't think they love Garrett Wilson. I think he is a guy they want off the board before they pick. They would enjoy him being off the board. Again, lying seasons to be careful where stuff comes from but Mm -hmm. i don't think the chiefs are enamored with garrett wilson the way some people around the league appear to be so like add him into the equation like what are we doing 
I mean, you you start throwing rumors out there. You try and get some traction there. You try and get teams to sort of second, th- you know, have second thoughts about who they're trading up for for the Chiefs, who they're moving where. I mean, think back to 2017. Chiefs are moving up to the number ten pick in the draft, moving up there, and Reuben Foster. All Reuben Foster. That's the rumor. That's the rumor for the past couple weeks. The Chiefs are in love with Reuben Foster. They need a linebacker. They're willing to move up for him. Chiefs move up, and everybody goes, is this is this for a quarterback, or is this for Reuben Foster? And it was for Patrick Mahomes, because it, the other quarterback was Deshaun Watson. Like They did not have any information out there that was saying, hey, we're moving up for Pat. And that would be the case here. What good does it do to have that information out there that you're a willing to trade up for a specific position? Like, hey, we're we're looking at wide receiver. We're gonna trade up there. You know, teams know the Chiefs are interested in wide receiver. It doesn't make any sense there. You know, we've not heard any smoke about defensive end. Matter of fact, the Chiefs reportedly haven't met with any of them. So it's you know, we haven't heard a lot about that position and it just seems like we're hearing more and more and more about the chiefs not only moving up but moving up for receiver i believe there was another mock draft on nfl network today uh, that was the chiefs moving up to the early 20s for jameson williams and todd mcshay the other day 17 with the chargers okay i feel very confident about two things i don't think the chiefs are trading up for garrett wilson Um, I, Mm -hmm. i don't care where it is they're not trading up for garrett wilson I don't think the Chiefs are trading up for Jamison Williams either because one, I think he goes before they would be comfortable trading up. But two, everybody has that as their pick. When's the last time that everybody has had the Chiefs pick in an NFL draft? I don't even think Eric, I don't even think Eric Fisher was a guy that, no, everybody thought it was Luke, uh, Luke Jokel. So like with nobody has had a Chiefs draft pick in a long time. I is everybody having Jamison Williams makes me feel like that one's not likely. I it's not going to be a trade up for Garrett Wilson. So, like, we don't know what the Chiefs are going to do, but I, it's and it is a lot of wide receiver talk. So, we should just continue the wide receiver talk. Yes, um, we absolutely should. Yeah, this is this is fun. Um, hey, Craig, what are the Chiefs doing at wide receiver? What's their plan? Like, what's the concept? <laughs> what are they, they trade? They get rid of Tyreek Hill. They still have McCole Hardman, but Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, they're not the exact same body type, but they share some similar traits, and they are mm-hmm. definitely a hard shift from most of what Andy Reid has had. It's like, what are they doing at wide receiver? It, they're getting more physical. I mean, they, they're getting a, a lot more physical. Our buddy, Nate Tice, who maybe a little bit later on this offseason, you might hear on this year network for you know an episode. But uh, we, our buddy, Nate Tice, uh, has been discussing a little bit uh, the sort of receiver types. And he's very enamored with what the Chiefs are doing this offseason, moving to these heavier, more physical blockers on the outside, guys that can win underneath but still have enough speed to make you know defenses respect too high. And so, yes, a lot of these guys are on short-term contracts. It's not like the Chiefs are committed to a full shift towards that, but they've certainly gotten more physical. They've certainly got more powerful. I mean, they want guys that are going to be able to block well on the outside. They want guys that are going to be able to box out and win vertically as well. It's receiver body types that we really haven't seen 
a ton of. We've seen a little bit of that in Sammy Watkins. We certainly see that in Travis Kelsey, who may be the de facto X receiver as it stands right now, which is fine. That's a good choice to make because defenses are treating it all like 11 personnel anyway. Might as well just line them up at the X. So with all that in mind, they do seem to be getting a lot more physical. They do seem to be making a shift towards that kind of receiver. And that that also will benefit a guy like McCole Hardman, uh, a guy who can get out in space, you know, relies on a couple blocks to spring him. You got these good blocking guys on the outside. These plays that they, you know, sort of get the ball in McCall's hands. You know, we call them gadget plays, fabricated touches, whatever it is. Now, all of a sudden, you got guys that can put guys on their asses on the edge a little more or, you know, play a little more physical, crack back against a defensive end. You know, coming out of the slot, a guy that can come in and line up a linebacker and make life difficult on him rather than, you know, if Tyreek Hill is in the slot, that's that's a thing where you don't want Tyreek Hill running into a 250-pound linebacker over and over. It's not good for anybody. It doesn't work either way there. So it is going to be interesting to see the shift in philosophy. It is going to be interesting to see if they continue to add more of those guys in the NFL draft. I think we all expect the Chiefs to add a receiver at some point, but what types are they going to add? Uh, Maddie, what, what do you think? Do you think that they're going to continue to add more physical bodies like that, or do you think they're going to start making complementary ads beyond that right now? So th this is the crazy part with kind of like what the Chiefs are doing at the wide receiver room right now, right? Like I, I think taking a step back, you have to come back at it and look at it this way. Andy Reid's coaching career, he's had various types of wide receivers at different times and stuff like that. But you go back, he's had three very clear number one wide receivers. And I think we all agree the Chiefs are missing their top guy right now. Like I don't think the plan is Juju Smith-Schuster to be the top guy. I get it. Travis Kelsey, you can make the argument. But like, at wide receiver, they're missing the guy. So he's had very three very clear types. Tyree Kill and Deshaun Jackson. We'll put those two guys together. Your speed oh, yeah. guys over the top. They win everything by running these the deep routes. Like that's what they do. They do more than that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that's all they are, but that's where they win. You put them in the slot a lot. You keep them off the line of scrimmage. That's where they're best. Then I think I'm going to put Jeremy Macklin in there as a guy that matters. And I know he crossed paths with Deshaun Jackson, mm -hmm. but I think that style of X wide receiver, that was a separator. You could play him as your X on the line of scrimmage. You'd be your possession guy. He had the ability to run the vertical route tree, but he could also break it across the field, but it's a different type of X receiver. That's number two. And number three, Terrell Owens, your traditional X. Now, yes, Terrell Owens is a freak athlete, okay? Yeah. He's a, he's a freak. He's one of the best wide receivers that have played the game, but he was big as hell. I don't know. Like, he was big, and he bullied people. Like, there's your three types of Chiefs wide receivers. So if you're looking for a wide receiver, one for this team, you, you got a whole lot to choose from here. You can go speed. You can go separation. You can go big as hell. Like, what... They can go anywhere. I would like to say what the the additions they've made from offensive line to the receiver additions this year to their running back and Ronald Jones, it mm -hmm. looks like they're trying to get bigger and more physical. Would I be floored if they want to get another fast slot guy to maybe take over from McCole next year or to compliment him and win over the middle, win underneath, win on the gadget stuff? No, it wouldn't shock me, but it also wouldn't shock me if they go get the big physical guy i don't know if the macklin type is what they're going for it, that would seem the most outcast of this group right now you're going to kind of be crossing that separating x wide receiver your keenan allen type 
Is that the guy you want to put in trying to be physical and blocking or to stretch the field? I don't know if that's the best fit. So I'm mostly looking at either your big physical traditional X receivers or your kind of really fast, you know, take the top off a of defense or gadget type guys is, is where my main focus is. Do you agree or disagree with that? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I I mostly agree. I think the the only guy that I see kind of in that you know to call it for you know in your terms the Macklin role, Chris Olave, I think fits that. Yeah, I I, I think that he'd be a guy that that would definitely fit in that position. And so let's let's just dive in here. Uh, we did this last week with cornerbacks, and we kind of went round by round. You know, one of us took round, you know, day one, one of us took day two, and then one of us took day three, and we talked about best fits for the cornerback position. Well, because Kent's not here, because he's continuing to, you know, look beautiful in Arizona right now. Um, he's and man, that's so jealous. So um we're going to kind of go through it a little bit differently because there are so many types uh, as we laid out there. And so we're going to talk about some guys in each day, because I think that's where Chiefs are kind of Chiefs fans are kind of laser focused on the wide receiver position for good reason right now. So let's start with day one. Let's start with Chris Olave in that Macklin role, how he would be able, he does, he's a, an excellent route runner. He is excellent at putting his foot in the ground, getting out of the break excellent with his hands, and he's still got the speed to take the top off the defense. He's going to be able to do both of those things. He's not a bad blocker. I wouldn't call him a bad blocker, but not the thickest, broadest, you know, most physical guy that you're going to see out there. He's going to win via separation. He's going to win via that vertical speed. And I think that there is a role in there for him specifically because he's so good at all of it. I don't know. I'm, I'm with you. I don't know that I would specifically target that kind of guy, but because it's him, because he can be that guy, you know, you can still win with that. It's a little bit against type, but it's something 
that he does so well that it's going to be enough of an impact. So that's that's that guy in that role. Matty, let's start talking. Let's let's go with the the smaller guys, fast guys, burners in day one. Give me some give me some options there. I, so I I mean on day one I. I agree with you that Chris Olave could definitely fit the Macklin role. Like that's very much a role he could fit in, but he's also a burner. He's also a deep threat. Mm -hmm. So like, I think he fits from that aspect of, I don't know if he's necessarily the slot guy, your gadget guy, but he can be your guy that takes off the top in the future. So like he fits multiple roles kind of like Macklin did to be fair. But if we're looking at another day one guy to really take the top off at the, the obvious low hanging fruit is Jamison Williams. We're going to skip yeah. him. Cause I think he's gone. I'm mean, with a surprise here. Christian, Watson. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's a big physical receiver. I don't think he's necessarily an X receiver. Can he do it? Yes. Cause he can run the vertical route tree, but I think he's at his best when just running deep routes, just run vertical, run vertical, go get behind the defense and catch the ball. Like that's what you do. You did it in North Dakota state. That's what you do. His, you look at his profile. It's explosive play after explosive play after explosive play. He's a willing blocker. He's good at it. So like he could cross over multiple roles, but like, I don't see him as an X. If I'm profiling him up, he's not in my X category. Cause that's not where he wins. He's not that physical as a route runner. He's, he, he's soft. Like I, I don't like, he's pretty soft as a route, like as a route runner, as a catch point guy, but he's really darn fast and really explosive. So I'm putting him in the burner category. And yeah, that's a guy I would look at it in day one. I don't know if you have any Watson takes or if you have a guy on day two that you like in a similar type role. I mean, I, I'm going to look at that from the standpoint of if you're taking Christian Watson, we run into these guys in the draft every year that are terrific athletes, big dudes, maybe don't know how to use that size yet. Um, I, I, I think that that's something that maybe with some refinement, you can teach him you know, how to be a little more physical. You can teach him how to use that size to stack a little bit better, play a little more physical throughout the route. Like, so you would gamble on that. And that's a good gamble. Like He's got the type. He's got the build for it. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate that. I do think you're going to have to take him round one. I just, I, I don't think he's going to be there at 50. I think you have to take him with 29 or 30 if you're taking him. So I, I think that, yeah, he, he's probably your day one guy there. I mean, we could talk a little bit about your guy, Matty, uh, Sky Moore, a uh, guy that has the ability to, you know, kind of get over the top a little bit. He's got some speed. Um, you you kind of see it a little bit with him, but he is smaller. You're, you're probably going to play him in the slot. Again, not a physical guy, but if we're just talking about guys that are going to be good vertical threats, like he he makes a lot of sense. A guy that has kind of been like a fringe round one, round two guy. He might be a day two guy, maybe at 50 or something like that. Man, what? Why do you love him so much? Why do you love Sky more? Why do I not? Keep in, mind, keep in mind that we have to keep this under another like two hours here. Oh God, Sky Moore has played wide receiver for exactly three years, and you are probably not going to find a guy who has been as good of a route runner in three years as he's been ever in the history of the NFL. And I don't mean like um. Who was it? Was it Braxton Miller where everybody mm -hmm. showed all his, his clips of him running like nine second routes because he had quick feet. They're like, well, no, no, no. Sky Moore's beating press coverage at five foot 10, five foot nine, 190 pounds. Like Sky Moore is great. And he fits the Olave. He's perfect day two Olave to me because um, like Chris Olave, not particularly good after the catch, like for as athletic and fast as these guys are, 
not the shiftiest after the catch. They go down pretty quickly. Now, Sky Moore has a ridiculous amount of like yards after the catch per reception, but it's because he runs RPO slants, and when he catches a slant, it's a straight line. He's gone because he's fast and explosive. So I think Sky Moore, you're going to have to take him by pick 50. You might have to take him in round one, but he's a guy that can play in the slot. You can put him out at Z, and you have two other bigger, more physical wide receivers that can play in the X position for you. So I love the move. Like, I love the pick. He he fits in well with it if you're looking for that guy to go up and over the top. Like, like Craig said, we can't go on for two hours. So I'm, I'm going to go day three speedster. Mm. Oh, this is it's a little bit trickier. Um, hmm. I don't know if Tyquan Thornton, he's the fastest wide receiver in the class. I'm going to pick him. I don't know if he goes day three or day two because he's the fastest wide receiver in the class. I, I actually DM'd uh, Jake Stack, Jacob Morley, who does the primary on the wide receivers for the KCS and draft guide. I DM'd him and I said, hey, if we didn't comp Tyquan Thornton to Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> this guy likes to block. He likes to block. He's, yeah. he's a lot lighter than MVS, but he likes to block and he's really good on the vertical plane. That is MVS to a T. So like, Mm -hmm. I love that option as a day three pick. I don't know if it fits great with the Chiefs, but he kind of does need a little bit of seasoning to go on. So you could throw him out there occasionally to really get twin towers, you know, six foot two, over six feet tall, really fast, go down the field, catch the ball. You can get those big guys on these play action deep shots. But if not, you have your MVS replacement in two years when his contract is essentially up. I don't know if you have Thornton thoughts. You want to transition to smaller? receivers bigger receivers where you want to go next i mean where i want to go next is the macadoodles if we're being honest here because as you may notice i'm i'm not drinking a beer right now and i i went down to my beer fridge and i said you know what i'm not feeling any of this man i really wish that i had a place that i could go that had the selection that i wanted for the prices that i wanted and somebody that could recommend something that i haven't tried before that's exactly you know, right up my alley. And I went, I don't have a Macadoodles here. So I got mad. And I'm putting it out into the world right now. If you are a franchisee, I need one near me. Get a hold of Roger. Info at Macadoodles.com. Let's get Macadoodles here where I am. Let's get another one in Kansas City in addition to the one that's coming to Lee's Summit in summer of this year. Let's get them all over the place. And finally... Make me a happy man. You guys want me to be happy. So get a hold, get a hold of Roger and let's get one down here. I'm I'm serious. Let, let's do this. Let's go with big receivers. I I I like I like big receivers. Let's and let's start with the number. Why can receiver? you lie? No, I can't. Okay. These you can't deny it either. Uh let's start with wide receiver one in the KCS and draft guide. Uh George Pickens. Out of Georgia. And by the way, let's uh, let me before we dive into George Pickens out of Georgia, Christian Watson out of North Dakota State, Sky Moore out of Western Michigan. Just you know, some people don't follow the draft. Look out, Kent. Someone's coming for that job. Listen, listen. Some people don't don't follow the draft as closely as we do. So I'm gonna throw out those schools there. That's why you gotta get into the link and buy your KCSN draft guide right now because that's true. All the players available, schools right there. Chiefs fit, and you can Mm -hmm. get it immediately because it's now Mm -hmm. available. So check the link. You don't even have to wait. So yeah, Uh, George Pickens, guy that burst on the scene as a freshman for Georgia and was really good. Uh, Tore his ACL in March of 2021. Came back and played in the same season. You know, eight months later, he came back. He is a big guy, an 
X receiver, a physical player. I, I don't have enough time to describe how much I love the way that he blocks and everybody else does as well. The way the man stock blocks is so impressive that there are highlight videos of him stock blocking cornerbacks. He ruins their days. He plants them on the ground and stands over them. Just he, he wants to play physical. He has a disdain for cornerbacks that want to line up and play physical with him. So if we're talking a big body guy that's going to go out there, be able to play physical, be able to block well, fit right in with exactly what the Chiefs are doing here and play as an X receiver. Run those types of X receiver routes for Andy Reid. He's got good athletic profile, very strong broad jump, a very fast 40-yard dash, 4-4-7, and that's at 6 three 195 and he's got a giant wingspan too so just really big really fast capable of breaking off routes capable of blocking like he's wide receiver one in the in the kcsn draft guy because i mean frankly all of us love watching him and it was a shame that he got hurt last year because I, th- I think that everybody would have been all over this guy all year long we just would have been gushing about him so Maddie, George Pickens takes. I mean, y- you love him, right? I do. I love George Pickens. Um, I think as bad as the injury is the quarterbacks he's had to play with. I mean, going oh. from Jake Fromm to Stetson Bennett, yikes. Yikes. Um, so I'm going to save a lot of my George Pickens takes because we will do, you know, on the KCSN mm-hmm. channel, we do a lot of draft talk too later in the week. And I'm not saying we're doing wide receivers this week. We'll probably do it the week before the draft. We're going to save that one until the very end because I know y'all want it. That's a long tease right there. But I'll get a lot of Pickens takes off there. You know, for time's sake, I'm just going to jump into my day two guy. David Bell out of Purdue. Ooh, yeah. I think the athletic testing is going to scare a lot of people off and I get it. I do. But we're talking an ex-wide receiver here. I'm not asking my guy to go out there and be a burner. Uh, You would like to be a little bit faster. You'd like to be a little bit more explosive. I completely agree. If you don't like David Bell on day two, I get it. But his ability to play in the slot or out wide, his body control, his ability at the catch point, the ability to play physical. Like, he's not George Pickens physical, but he's really darn close. So, like, David Bell to me is like that, yeah, that discount version. You can grab him probably in round two easily, maybe round three. You get that X receiver, can kick into the slot. Maybe you don't want to always have Travis Kelsey play in the slot and go block a linebacker. Go pick a wide receiver. Go get yourself a Robert Woods type that can do that. I don't mean he's Robert Woods as a player, but a guy that can go block a linebacker if you ask him to. That's David Bell. So like have him get in there and do that. I really love that pick for the Chiefs because, yeah, he's got some size kind of like MVS or Juju, but he's a little bit different and that he can't play on the outside. He wins at the catch point rather than over the top or with his route running and after the catch, even though he's good you know, as a route runner. So David Bell's my day two guy. Do, do you have – a day three guy that you like in that kind of big X role? I kind of do. I'm going to get a little creative here. Okay, and I'm into guy that I bet he sticks. Velas Jones Jr. out of Tennessee. And people are going to say, oh, Craig, he's six foot. Yeah, but he's 204 and he'll run through an arm tackle like nobody's business. He's going to prim- primarily come into the league as a returner and an excellent one at that. 
but he is a burner as well. A 4-3-1-40 showed up down at the Senior Bowl and lit up guys, made contested catches, climbed the ladder, played very physical through the cornerbacks there. I think he's a guy that can come in, play as a modified X because he's got the physical traits and the speed in an Andy Reid system, Matty. I, I bet he sticks because if like exactly what you just said there, he's got that size. He's got the ability to run after the catch. He's a guy that's going to stay in the league with returnability, his ability to go out there, win some contested catches, get after it after the catch. Like these are things that matter. And so as an X receiver, you work on that vertical plane. He can do all those routes. You don't have to be the most polished receiver. So I bet Vilas Jones sticks with that after the catch ability with that explosive case. And guess what, guys? If you're looking for a new set of clubs, you got to check out Sticks Golf. This company is the absolute best. I don't know, if you're like me and trying to get back into golf after like eight years of not playing since the day of your wedding, or if you're like Tiger Woods and you're trying to get back to the absolute tip top of your game for the Masters, this company is for you. Go to sticks.golf. The promo code is KCSN10 to get you 10% off of your clubs, whether you want a base level set of clubs, something specific, KCSN 10 gets you 10% off. There is nothing that will elevate your golf game more than sticks, just like nothing would elevate a team's game like Velas Jones Jr. in day three of the NFL draft. You know what? All right, Craig. Maddie, go ahead. Maddie, that's, you know, I didn't get to put my guys this year. Just didn't, I didn't have time to watch enough guys oh, to be able to plant my guy stamps. Uh, on on guys this year i can tell you right now no bs velas jones jr would have been one of my my guy stamps i love them you enjoyed like, i i really did enjoy him it was, it, it's been kind of a running joke in you know the the draft dm you know with with everybody that wrote on the draft guide that basically sitting there talking about that and all Listen. these guys that have graded it i just keep bombing in every time somebody says his name i like come pop in around the corner Somebody say Vilas? Yeah, just born the same year, ride together like bad boys for life. Like, okay, right? I get 25. it. 25. Let's, that's, <laughs> that's why he's going late. He's 25. Okay. He is an old. So, yeah. All right. We're at 47 minutes. So, we got about 11 minutes left of this show with you and I on it. Like, that, that's where we're at. Do we have time to squeeze in kind of the gadgety slot guys? Round yeah, let's day do it. Three? Okay. You can go for, I'll, I'll let you go first on day one because oh, you need to get as many guys. So, your day one gadget guy. I mean, if I'm talking a gadget guy, and I don't know that he's necessarily just a slot guy, we're talking Traylon Burks out of Arkansas, uh, a guy that, you know, can play in the slot. You're going to use him in a lot of the ways that we've talked about the Chiefs if they were to acquire a guy like LaVisca Chenault, the way that you would use him. A lot of people have comped him kind of to Debo Samuel. I don't want to put that kind of lofty expectation on him, but... The usage, you can see he's going to be very, very good after the catch. You're going to fabricate touches for him. And yes, I realize that means that you'd have two guys on this roster that you'd need to fabricate touches for. But Traylon Burks has a big enough body to where he's going to be able to line up on the line of scrimmage. You're going to probably be able to ask him to do some of those X wide receiver things. He's not ready to take over full time. You're not sticking him out there for 100% of the snaps. Still going to have to get creative to use him. But a guy with a high ceiling, a guy that you know will need a little more advancement in his route tree, but a guy that you can fabricate touches for immediately, and he's going to be very good at them. Plus, Matty, I don't know if you saw the story today. My man 
kills hogs with knives. Whoa. Like, Whoa, I have bigs. What are you doing? Yeah, I mean, it's all right. Don't tell Tank. But I mean, like, the man hunts hogs, wild hogs, with a knife. Like, listen, this is pigs, this is like Alan Bailey level stuff here. We've this let is, these pigs start free ranging a little bit, and they are terrors. So, like, if they keep it up, I might need to get Trey Lumberg's out here. Low key, <laughs> like, this is getting a little ridiculous. Um, I'm kidding, but also, yeah, I've talked about it, and I don't know if everybody agrees, but Traylon Burks makes a lot more sense without Tyree Kill in Kansas City, and it's crazy because they're like wildly different body types. Wildly, but yes. So many different RPO yards after the catch, deep over route, like opportunities have now opened up. And I get it; a lot of that can go to McColl, but does it have to? No, it can go to this guy that might become your new wide receiver one. These are all things that Traylon Burks excels at. Like literally Tyree kills role is exactly what Traylon Burks does. Well, like to a T that's what he does. Well, different body types, different style, but that's what he does. Good. So why not it being him? If I kick it to day two, though, I'm going to go back to a little bit closer to the Tyree kill. By the time. I'm going to go Wandale Robinson out of Kentucky. Now mm -hmm. he doesn't have the raw speed that you kind of think in that role when you think chiefs gadget player, but what he does have elite change of direction, elite, just feel and body control after the catch. I, he is one of just like the most fun guys to watch move because he clearly moves at like a different level than everybody else. SIS data hub has released like a new draft site now. Like, so they have a lot of draft stuff, unique routes, like they they chart you know, the routes that players run, and for the most part, for big programs, you run like ten routes because you it's very simple. You pull up a basic route tree, and that's what you run. Wandale Robinson is fifth with eighteen unique routes as a Kentucky slot wide receiver. Like, what are you doing there? That's my I thought. Mean, so yeah. We we've heard stuff from people who know people within the Kentucky organization. Stuff. That love stuff. Stuff. We've heard stuff. You know, stuff. They loved him. Loved Wanda. Like it was their favorite player. Like their absolute favorite player. And they loved to deploy him just however they possibly could. I I believe what their offensive coordinator is now with the Rams is that okay? Correct, listen, Wandale Robbins is probably going to the Rams because Liam Cohen <laughs> loves him and he pulled him in from Nebraska. That's fine. Maybe Andy Reid loves him too. Maybe maybe Andy didn't like Liam Cohen. Maybe he just liked Wandale. Like, let's go with that. Um, so I I think he's a per he's a guy. If the Chiefs want to get a yards after the catch possession gadgety guy to pair with MVS and Juju and Travis Kelsey, these bigger guys that are going to stretch a little bit more vertically, he's a guy to operate in what that vacant space is going to be. So like, I like the addition of him. If that's the goal, I'm not saying it is the goal, but if that's the mm -hmm. goal, he makes a lot of sense there. And the athletic profile, not quite being what I think a lot of people thought might allow him to be there on day three. D do you have a, a day three guy? I don't have a I day do. three guy, Maddie. You go. Yeah. Oh, I, buddy. I, Here okay. we go. Who you this got? is this is my this is my Traylon Burks day three version. Eric Azukanma. I think oh, I said that right from Texas okay. Tech. Yeah. So you watch him and now he was hurt this past year, right? So that's mm -hmm. part of the issue. He's a little bit hurt. He got banged up down the stretch, but you watch him from early in the year versus Houston or versus Texas. He's a six foot two, 210 pound wide receiver. So not as big as Traylon Burks, but getting there, you get this man, the ball, just get him the ball and watch him spin, run, 
I, I want to say juke, but it's not a juke. It's just like sidestep and slide off of tackles and just keep going. The amount of times that he should be on the ground that he's not once he has the ball is through the roof. Now, like Traylon Burks, I think there is some ability. You can slap him as an X wide receiver on the line of scrimmage, let him beat press and go win a contested catch. Now, I feel like he's not going to separate or the darn. Like it's just not going to happen. But what he will do, get physical at the catch point, go up and catch the ball. And then you give him this manufactured screens stuff over the middle of the field. I, I get why Traylon Burks is a highly coveted prospect, but if you miss out on him and you have a chance to get Azukinma uh, in day three, like I think that's the, I'm probably butchering the name. I'm so sorry, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes and Texas Tech faithful. Um, but you get, sorry, Patrick LeVon Mahomes, you get this guy on day three. Like I think he very much fills a similar role and you're not spending near as much draft capital on him. So like, I, I like going from Wandale to another big, like I like how we went from like massive gadget slot guy, oh, yeah. tiny gadget tiny, slot guy, yeah. big ma- gadget slot guy again. Yeah, no, that's, that's fun. So those are some names for you to keep an eye on. Um, once again, KCSN draft guide is out. Link is right down here in the information. Go there, get that by the draft guide. You've got it right now. There are offers out that will allow you to also subscribe to the Substack. We're going to have film reviews. We're going to have breakdowns. It gets you into the Discord. Some of this stuff that Maddie's talking about, we've been doing film rooms where we've been breaking down prospects, showing film. Oh, showing speaking of wide receivers. See. Yes. Tonight, when you good. listen to this, Traylon Burks, George Pickens, two guys that have been mentioned on the show as round one fits for the Chiefs. So mm-hmm. after you listen to this, make sure you pop over, get subscribed to that KCS and Discord because – I I don't know if somebody else can have the ability to join me. I'm not putting pressure on anybody, but I'm going to be watching some Traylon Burks and some George Pickens with you guys and Tevin telling you what I think. So like guys, we've just talked about, we're going to go watch their film. If, if you're curious what they look like. Yeah. It, and it kind of gives you a little bit of an insight into the way that these guys all sit down and watch film. So it's, it's fun. And also we're a lot more brutal on that than we typically are. <laughs> like, I mean, we, we, we don't hold back. So anyway, um, Thank you all so much for tuning in to yet another edition of the KC Laboratory. We will be back later this week with the KC Draft Show. And we'll be back early next week with another live edition on Monday of the KC Laboratory. Hopefully with some Chiefs news. Let's see what happens. Let's just throw that out there in the world. All right. Thank you all for listening. And we'll catch you later. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.